just a 10-minute light rail ride from the heart of Denver on the fifth floor of the Lamont School of Music, there is a rose. It is 10 feet tall and wide and hewn from stone. The panes of glass set into the petals bring the glorious Rocky Mountains into view. On the other side of the glass, Lamont musicians sit down to discuss the world of music behind and beyond that window. This is the Rose Room. Xavier, it's so great to meet you. And I know we didn't actually get to meet during your admission process because you're a composer, so you didn't have to come out and do an audition. Um, have you been out to Denver before? I want to say I've been around the Denver area before, but I've spent most of my time in Colorado and Boulder because that's where I have family. Oh, excellent. Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Rose Room. This is a, a chance for us to get to know you and uh, hear some of your music. So Xavier, I want you to just start by telling us about yourself. Where are you from and how did you get into music? Well, it all started in elementary school. It was this little, this little place in Lithonia called Princeton Elementary. I want to say it was third grade when it really sparked for me. I had this music teacher, Ms. Carter, now uh, Ms. Stevens. I'm really happy for her. But she was the one who initially sparked my love for music. I had always had an aptitude towards it, but she was the one who made me realize that. A year or two in honor course later, I picked up the French horn and uh, started writing in 10th grade. And now here I am. Was 10th grade, was that the first time you composed anything? It was the first time that I composed a full piece. It was actually inspired just by the feelings of me moving away to a new county and a new house. So it was a very inspired piece. How would you describe the feeling inside of you when you first got that urge to put pencil to paper and, and write a piece of music? Ooh, it was exhilarating to finally get down what had been in my head for so long. I, I felt very determined to get started and just put pencil to paper and finally commit to hearing what's been playing on my head nonstop. Would you mind if we listened to one of your pieces before we, uh, before we do more talking? Not at all. Let's talk about this piece, Everything Stays. Now, this is actually an arrangement of, of a song, right? Yes, ma'am. Everything Stays was originally composed for the... It was as a lullaby to one of the characters in Adventure Time and the Stakes miniseries. Uh, when I first heard it, I really... It really hit close to home 
because a lot of memory a lot of memories were linked with the old house that I had back in Lithonia when I was growing up spent a very large portion of my life there back to the earliest I can remember actually so the message behind it is just that even as you grow and change even as you go away to different places you know some things are going to stay the same around you Tell us briefly, what is what is Adventure Time? <laughs> Adventure Time was a cartoon that aired on Cartoon Network. I don't remember when it began, but I would like to say that it ended in 2019, very recently. A, a little heartbroken with the finale, because it was <laughs> finally over. All right, that was a little bit of Everything Stays by Xavier Goins, an arrangement of a song by Rebecca Sugar. Xavier, I, I've been listening to your pieces and you you don't stick to one genre, it sounds like. Like, I, I, I couldn't say, oh, Xavier is a classical composer or Xavier is a jazz composer. It seems like you're uh, composing in multiple genres. Would you say that's accurate? I'd say that's very accurate. I have a lot of jazz influence just because starting in 10th grade when I moved to Brookwood High School, I was very involved with music technology and jazz there. I even made it into the jazz combo. That event really shaped my experience as a musician and shaped who I am today. I learned some music theory, sharpened my ear, and now jazz is just a big part of my style, even though I started off classical. That's interesting because it seems a little bit rare that you find a musician who does both classical and jazz because they're rather different. But would you say that your love of jazz, did it come from you playing jazz or listening to it? How did you really find that that was a great love of yours? Well, I listen to jazz pretty often, especially in the form of lo-fi hip-hop. So um, just learning the theory behind it really intrigued me and it I really loved the advanced concepts that went into making jazz and improvising. Getting on the instrument was even more fun, but learning about it to begin with is really what influences my style. What instruments do you play? In jazz, I actually play mellophone, a rather odd instrument. <laughs> uh, yeah. I dabble in trumpet. My weapon of choice is the French horn. I've been learning electric bass. And I have a keyboard in my room, so I know my way around it, at least with a few chords. Do you have any, now getting back to classical, cl classical music, mm -hmm. any, any particular composers that you really admire? There are, there are a lot of them. <laughs> I think that's probably, that's an unfair question, isn't <laughs> it, to, <laughs> to nail it down? I think I do have a, well, mm, for different genres, I suppose. For the sake of time and for the sake of relevance, we could do um, one classical and one jazz. I'd have to say my favorite classical composer, at least today, is Samuel Coleridge Taylor. Yeah, I originally, I originally, um, when I was picking up French horn, listened to a lot of Gustav Mahler, and when I heard about African Mahler, I, I just had to give it a listen, and I fell in love. Ah, so Sam, Samuel Coleridge Taylor, uh, he acquired the, the nickname of the African Mahler. Can you tell me more about that? 
He was referred to that by more by um New York musicians, but it was he's a very talented, very talented composer. I'm even recognized by critics of the time as genius. You may have heard that our episode last week of The Rose Room actually focused on African-American composers in this country, in particular to classical music. So, and, and since you mentioned that Samuel Coleridge Taylor is, is one of your favorite classical composers right now, I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on this topic because this is certainly front and center in classical music right now, the issue of representation. How do you feel coming up as a young composer and being a Black composer? What does the landscape look to you right now for, in terms of opportunities that you view? As far as opportunities go, I, it's a very complex question to answer because on one hand, on one hand, African-Americans are making a huge upcoming in today's music. But on the other hand, it's always been difficult as an African-American in, well, America. I really do think that it's based on uh, talent and uh, will the practice more than anything. Just put it because there's nothing more common than someone with talent not getting a position that they fully could have gotten because they didn't work for it. I really do think it'll be like everyone else. We have to, we have to work hard. We have to be talented in many cases, but hard work can make up for talent anytime. Something I will say is that as an African American, I am aware that I'll have to work a lot harder because it'll be a lot more difficult just for me to get by. Yeah. So can we listen to another, uh, another one of your compositions? Of course. All right. Um, you wanna, do you want to listen to a bit of resolution? Mm-hmm. You know, that tune sounded very familiar to me, and I, I have to ask, was that inspired by Jupiter from the Planets by Gustav Holst? <laughs> it actually, it's funny that you say that because it was originally composed before I had heard any of the suites of the Planets, but oh. after I rewrote it, I think it did take on a bit more of that influence. <laughs> yeah, so what does that title mean, Resolution? Well, Resolution, even though it was the first one written, I always imagine it as a uh, three-part series with 
few other pieces that I've written before, but just as a standalone by itself, when it was first written, it resembled the resolution that I was able to come to when moving away from the place that I had called home for so long. I could hear there was some chorus in there as well. I was listening to a, a MIDI version, so it wasn't it wasn't a live chorus. Do you intend for there to be text for the singers? Mm. I'm not much of a lyricist. I do have a friend that I could work with with lyrics. He's very amazing at it. But yeah. I myself don't do lyrics very often. <laughs> well, that, that, I guess that's why we have people called uh, librettists. <laughs> It's a whole, it's a whole separate thing. <laughs> Let's talk about working with other musicians because as, as a composer, you, you really can't do anything without having players who can play the music that you write. Can you tell me about what you've done just in your experience so far in high school with finding musicians to play the works that you write? Did you, you know, bribe your friends or get a bunch of other folks together? How did, how did that work for you? A lot of what I've done has really been through the digital audio workface. And I can say it's definitely no replacement for a real group of players. A real group of musicians are always going to do the job better. That being said, the main experience that I've had with others playing music that I've written would have to be jazz combo. Playing in jazz combo, um, we're all allowed to bring our own pieces in and arrangements and we'll at least play through them once to see if they're fit. This year was a little abbreviated, so didn't really get to do a whole lot, but it was still lots of fun. It felt surreal finally hearing something that I had written coming out of another person's horn. <laughs> yeah. And after you heard it, did you go back and make any changes to the piece? Oh, absolutely. I'm always imp yeah. always improving stuff. Yeah, even, you know, you sent in a number of pieces for your application and and some of the ones that we're talking about today include those and as we were exchanging emails, you said, "Oh, I have some I have uh, newer versions of these." So, all the great Composers of the past did that too, weren't? Didn't they always? They were always uh, editing their pieces. Mahler, notoriously so, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're about to head off to to Denver to start a four year college degree at the Lamont School of Music. What do you hope to do with that degree once you graduate? Well, firstly, while I'm there, I hope to build up connections because that's a very important part of the music business. But moreover, it's been my dream ever since I first sang a note to write video game music. Um, once I have a degree, I plan to get my master's and then uh, try to get scouted by a video game, by a video game company like Nintendo or Square Enix. Hopefully uh, I get scouted initially while studying abroad or at least noticed, but we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Some of the most interesting creative music being written these days is in video games. And we're seeing, in fact, entire orchestral suites being created out of this. Uh, the Colorado Symphony just last year did a whole concert of the music from Final Fantasy, which was awesome and just such, such cool music. I'm interested. Do you have any uh, video games that you really enjoy? Ooh, most of my, most of my influence, especially melodically, comes from mainly Earthbound, really. Playing Earthbound really gave me a lot of ideas for melodic, melodic content, 
But even so, just other games like Legend of Zelda, Mario, Sonic, Halo, all types of games. Every game has a different composer, a different style, a different feeling to the music that I can draw from and analyze and learn for and apply for myself. Yeah. I think we have time to listen to one more of your pieces. So which one would you like to talk about? I think I'd want to go with Chloe. All right, so here's a bit of Chloe by Xavier Goins. jazzy feel to it. Would you say that's squarely in the jazz category of your compositions? I'd say that's right in the middle of the jazz category. Yeah. So where did the idea for this come from? This was actually meant to be a sort of serenade for my girlfriend. Um, uh, The friend that I actually mentioned earlier, we worked together on the song. I worked on the instrumental and He worked for the lyrics for another version that I didn't send in. And we we got together. We actually did it all in one short, like, 20-minute session. It, It was really great. especially um, with all the instruments involved because the majority of those instruments were being played and recorded live. Very cool. As you can imagine, coming to college this fall, the experience is is not gonna look how you thought it would because of the pandemic. And we're going to have an array of in-person as well as online courses. And for music, that's particularly difficult. I'm wondering how have you been continuing to make music during this time of social distancing? For me personally, it's not as hard as one would think. I have adopted more of a lo-fi hip-hop style in the song that I'm producing, and I've been working with that and just sitting down in Logic, figuring stuff out, sampling different things, remastering old things. Does this work? How does this work? How does this not work? And on the compositional side, it's mostly just been analyzing 
just analyzing different things and seeing what I can apply. Yeah. Last question, Xavier. What are you most excited for in coming to Denver? I'm, I'd say I'm most excited about meeting like-minded musicians. Cause that's uh, been, it's been a real struggle at the school that I was at before to meet really dedicated and committed composers like myself. So getting that opportunity, I think will really be something unique. And we are so excited to have you and can't wait to welcome you in person. So thank you so much, Xavier Goins, for joining us on The Rose Room today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. That was our student spotlight of Xavier Goins, an incoming freshman composition major. If you are interested in helping Black artists, please check out the Black Art Futures Fund linked in our description. If you have any questions, suggestions, or would like to be featured in a future podcast, please contact us at lamontroseroom at gmail.com. Thanks.